0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Anna Baker Barnes is called Transition to the Great Commission. We are excited about our upcoming Revival Legacy Gathering from the 27th to the 29th of April with special guest speaker Lillian DeFint who is Smith Wigglesworth's great-granddaughter and Lester Summerall who is Lester Summerall's grandson. Please visit our website to register your place today there is no registration fee required. www.revivalfires.org.uk
1: Darren, Thanks, church. Thanks for welcoming me. It's such a privilege to speak here uh, at our church. We love the church. Ryan and I um, have, have been on a, a little transition. Little transition. Let me explain. Um, since the last time I spoke, it was, um, I think that was January so it 's only only eight I stood here, and I thought only eight weeks have passed, but it feels like so much has changed from the outside. You might not know, but from the inside and in our family life and in things that are going on it 's been a different kind of season, some things that we 've never done before. We moved house and I want to tell you about the favor of God in that time and then um, we've had deaths in the family and I also want to tell you about the favor of God in that time which I still can't understand but I know that his hand has been upon us so there's a period of transition that we've been in and also I want to then lead this in to talking about the great Commission that God has uh, sent Jesus to this earth to proclaim and which is our mission if we choose to accept it is that okay for you this morning when you put your hand on your heart. I'm just going to pray such grace and favour over our hearts this morning. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the journey that each one of us are on in the the adventure that you have placed us on earth for. Lord Jesus, we accept the the challenges in our life. We accept the the transition phases in our hearts and, and in our minds. And Lord Jesus, this morning, I'm asking that your rich grace would go before, that each heart that's here and the ones who are watching online would know that God is for them in whichever circumstance they're at. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done in our lives. Each and every day we remember that you are risen and we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So I haven't pre I, I'm going to be raw. I haven't preached since everything changed. Well, it feels like that, but at the same time, God is the same. So hear me in both. Is that okay, church? Um, so we moved house uh, just, I think, five, maybe five weeks ago. But before that, that was November. I had a prophetic word. I was stood here. Um, I can't remember which speaker it was, but she's American. Jane Hammond, of significant profit to the nations. And she said, your dream home is coming. If you don't own a home, you're going to own a home. And if you do own a home, it's going to get bigger. And I thought, how? I went to my mind and I thought, I can do the maths, but I can't afford anything bigger and then God did the maths and uh, our house changed and we've got a lovely home um, it's close to church so we've moved locations from our little village to the town and uh, we we're feeling very settled so in the, the days that we moved we also lost grandparents and had the funeral I'm privileged this morning my cousin's here she often comes Mandy and my sister's out in the coffee shop so to know that family's around as well I feel like there's been a really great legacy so all right if I just share you some precious things about my family over the last few weeks, um, we were we were clearing. Uh, okay, Nan, who I refer to as my mum's mum, Sharon is one of the, is Sharon and Trevor, the pastors here. If you've never met us before, um, so we were clearing Nan's house through, and there was a pile that my biggest, my eldest cousin Sally had put. And she said, "Oh, I think these are all just scraps. I don't think they mean anything to anyone, but have a look through them." And I thought, as you know me, I'm always out for like if there's an old chair on the side of the road, if there's an old cotton reel, like a like a metal cotton reel type thing out on the road, I'll take it, I'll shabby chic it. I'm really into like finding tre- treasure in broken places or old stuff and making it new. God is too. So I was looking through this little pile and I saw my phone number and I thought, that's interesting. My mobile phone number in Nan's writing, you know her writing. And I thought, that's interesting. And you know what, on the page of that little t- little piece of paper, it said, stand still, God will fight your battles. I know it's... Uh, is it one Chronicles or two Chronicles? Twenty seventeen. It's that same same verse. So I read that and I thought, Oh God, I needed that, <laughs> and I've kept it in a safe place. I was going to bring it you this morning, but I have I've put it very safe, um, not lost. And I just knew. that that was a now word for me in this transition time that I could stand still not because I didn't need to battle but because God was doing that on my behalf. Church can I tell you it's okay to let God battle on your behalf. I know there are transition times happening. I know that there is change coming in your life as it does every single day. I'm not sure if it's a like massive transition or smaller transition, but isn't our life that nature? Nothing stays the same, and nor should it. But when it comes, if we're surprised, when it comes, when we're, we are surprised, taken, taken aback, is this what God had planned? Without a shadow of a doubt, God knows each and every single day of my life, of your life, and nothing is a surprise to him. So that was, oh, that was um, in someone else's house, uh, Nan's house, we found that note. So during our transition, let me tell you the favor of God on that prophetic word. I'm sorry I'm jumping. I'm kind of new to this again. Uh, so November, we had the word. We found a house. and January the 17th, we put our house on the market. January the 18th, we sold our house. It was on, (laughs) like, it's it's a miracle. And then I think it was six and a half or seven weeks to the day we moved into our our new home. And I didn't realize the speed of things. We were at a conference, at the Jesus Culture Conference in Manchester, and I felt God was just downloaded this phrase which was fast forward those who are closest to us know that it has been a very fast season (laughs) those who you're watching now let me tell you it's true there's been a significant shift in the things that we've been doing in our in our just dreaming about things or hoping about things and now they're suddenly here and they're coming to pass and it's amazing and at the same time transition is scary and it's okay to say that I was beating myself up because I was like, oh, I should be just totally enjoying every moment of this transition, but it's okay. No, I'm not missing my old, but I'm enjoying and learning how to embrace the new season God has for me. In transition, there's a a few things that I was, I sat in the New Costa in Dudley, you know, on the island. I'm sorry, is that allowed to do brand sharing when we have our own coffee house? (laughs) I'm sure they'll tell me just now. Um, So I was sat there and I was just asking God. I was like, I was writing in my journal here and I was like, I feel like I'm in transition. Is that okay? Like I ask God questions. I'll I'll tell you another one I asked later on. If I forget, you must tell me because it's kind of significant. So I'd I'd written this down and I was waiting on the Holy Spirit. And I just felt these three words drop into my heart. Transition, uh, readjustment and dislocation. And I thought, that's all how I felt. And then I opened that up and started reading through the story of Jesus, the crucifixion and the resurrection and the new life that Jesus brought and how he must have also gone through these things. And I thought, if our champion, if the first fruit, if the one who goes before went through this, my life felt nothing compared to the crucifixion. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But the things that I'm in turmoil in, the things that I couldn't quite understand and Jesus did it, I can do it. So I can say with confidence, as you too can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some some verses, oh, just quotes from the greats, like Spurgeon said, trials teach us what we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we're made of. And sometimes the, through the tears and, and through the, the pain of losing one grandparent and then just days later, um, my granddad, dad's dad, passed away it was such a hard time like they were 91 and 93 i don't mind crying if you don't mind listening to my crying i want to just tell you about that they had given their lives to jesus i know that they are in heaven i know the hope of glory to which they're called i know that this is so true there were times when i've written like um Just doodles or or things I've written in my book, my book, just to to the praise of God, to thank them for their legacy. Like every single one of uh, Nan's children, so that seven are saved, and there's like 40 cousins, and there's so many ministries, and so like they've got amazing lives as well. But like what she's prayed for for the family tree is incredible to see, as coming to pass. And then you see other things from the Baker line um, as well. And and you know when you just stand and you think. I didn't see how it would, like, if you mark out your calendar and this would happen on this day and we just get back and this would happen on another day. And in the midst of the sadness then we move house right in those few days, it didn't make much sense. And I'll be honest, I chose to isolate myself in the move. My one-born friends, they were, I've never probably said where I lived on uh, this before. Um, Our friends had said... We miss you, where are you? And they I couldn't I just felt like I couldn't share what was going on. But church, thanks for listening. Thanks for your text. Thanks for caring. Thanks for the hugs, the flowers, the lovely things that you've you've poured into our family, especially our parents at this time. So we've been able to grow in strength through transition time. Let me tell you, the blessings of God are so big and so wide that we can't see at a time. But when you look back. It seems like their path pathed in glory and the timings of God are amazing. Oh, bless you. So I've talked about my mix of emotions, and now I'm going to go on and talk about Jesus and uh, the commission. Because in all of this, in all of my upheaval... I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I felt like I became so insular-looking, and it's okay. I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm dealing with, and I'm, I'm asking God to help me look, look up. I've been so trying to find my own uh, the, my solutions to my problems, to my feelings, that I almost lost a bit of sight of the great one. Is that okay to say? I'm sure we've been there before. It, it's not the best place because, like, my answers to my questions not got answers all the time I can almost like I can think up good things and I've got such a strong foundation in the word, I love reading the word I love, it. you know when you watch those movies and they, they tear pages out of magazines and they have them here like like a detective type of thing they have something here and here and they have like the wool pulling the threads together and then like a post-it note linking it off. If I could have a wall with like the Bible doing that, it would just be so beautiful. I wonder what picture it would make. Um, I just love finding and losing myself almost between the pages of the Bible. Someone this week put out on Instagram, lose yourself between those pages of scripture. And it's in returning to that that then you, you just get so filled, just like what Darren was saying, refresh yourself in the Lord. And it says it throughout scripture. So in my quiet times, um, I've been I've been coming back to the cross. I've been returning to Jesus. It's not like I backslid, don't worry about me. I just felt so quiet and so, I'd just never been here before. You know toddlers, you know their emotions are all well out on show at all times. I love that. I've got two toddler niece and nephew and uh, mine are just through that stage. But I just love seeing toddlers see and like experience a new emotion and it's as though you can't put a lid on it you can't you, you, you just can't stop it you just want to watch your weight of course you could do that when they're not yours when they were mine I was like oh my goodness let's like shut this down let's like help them deal with this this is how we say we're angry we don't like let it be known <laughs> But I love seeing in different families I'm watching your toddlers Um, Come on Alex, show us an emotion Come on Tom, help him Oh he's got joy, thank you dude See it's pure joy, our joy would be a little bit less. Skippy wouldn't it, thanks babes Um, uh, Those watching online A little guy just um, skipped out It was pretty cool Um, Emotions I'm lost I was just start a new sentence. So Jesus sent us on, a, um, Jesus gave us a commission. Now, remember I said I was going to tell you about something important that I heard. I just want to tell you that I got it from the source a few minutes until I start that part. Yeah. Oh, Ryan's counting. I thought he was asking me like a, are you ready to play the video yet? But not yet. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so get back to it. I just want to tell you that I made this phone call this morning as I was studying so long. My colleagues know, people in church know, I love to be organized and have my stacks. What do they call it? The lists. Have you checked through your lists? <laughs> I love completing them. Uh, it happened, uh, happens at home too, so don't, don't worry. Um, and I've only got a few sheets here, and I was worried in case like a gust blew them over. Hmm, I haven't numbered them, so let's just wait. So I was just pulling these pieces together, and then uh, just for my own personal walk with God and was just asking Jesus more about him and asking him to be revealed more and more in my life and there was one part that I couldn't find that connected together and then I was asked to speak and I still even this morning at 9 o'clock I still hadn't got that final what I was calling hinge where it all came together so I did what I could and I phoned my parents in France and they sent their greatest love and they told me I said (laughs) You don't mind me telling you this. I said, Dad, I hope you're not preaching right now. He's like, no, it's fine. You can, I'll answer the call. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> Hotline. And I said, Dad, I'm preaching about transition to commission. And there's just something that I can't get to understand. I said, why is the Great Commission four times? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then again in Acts. But I said, four times. He said, oh, did you know there's, I think he said, five significant transitions that led to Jesus and the Great Commission. I said, five transitions. I said, tell me. And I like started trying to go back and forth. And I got four. And then I said, and then the Great Commission. Because Jesus, his transition was from one to the many. You see it in Adam. One. Adam. One sin. Life for life. All the time. One ransom for another. And then Jesus comes. One many. He brings a salvation of many. He brings forgiveness for many. It's not one for one anymore. It's Jesus did it for all. And so as I saw that, I thought, I found my hinge. So thank goodness. Um, It moves moves from transition to commission. And we all have those elements of transition within us. Now commission. When I read it in the Bible, I see it as one thing. But when I say, um, I'm commissioning you for a new art piece. I'm commissioning a new ring <laughs> soon. Soon, you understand. She's a jeweler, uh, of, an exquisite jeweler. Um, if you were to say, if you work for local government, and then there was the the commissioning that you've been told to do, you would set to work right away, wouldn't you? No delay. Come on, let's get this piece of work done. Um, it's like an instruction. It's a command or a role given to a person or a group of people. And as believers, we're that group who the commission sent to. Um, It's to bring something into working condition. It's to appoint someone or a group of people. Or it's a command. And we can look back, can't we, through history or if you're in the museums, one of the first commissions by... Okay? So here we are. This is what the Great Commission means. It's... Uh, in a movie, which I am so sorry, movie guys, I cannot remember the title, but the phrase is your mission, should you choose to accept it, and I still can't remember, Mission Impossible, yay, thanks church, so it's your mission, should you choose to accept it, and I'm going to start going through Matthew uh, shortly, is the video able to play, thanks. I had some help from four people in church, and I'm very grateful for you.
0: Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always, even till the end of the age.
1: Amen. Thanks, Ryan. So the Great Commission, I'm just going to go through these, the four verses that we're going to look through, and I'm going to pull, pull out the threads for you and how that looks, what that looks like in your life. So Matthew 28, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, and when they saw him, they worshipped, and some doubted. I'm just going ahead of what he said. Worship or doubt are set, I want to say juxtaposed to each other. They're set on a spectrum opposite here, In my life, I haven't set those two as opposite. I've always put hope versus doubt. But why is Jesus saying worshipped or doubted? And I believe it's our daily choice. We can enthrone and empower God and our mind, or we can't. We can enthrone Jesus and give him all the worship that he desires, where faith triumphs over doubt. Our spirit is given the choice each and every single time. Are we going to worship him or are we going to doubt? Do you see that in your life? I love seeing your nodding heads. So worship is a declaration of war against everything that says God can't. In that situation, God can't, obviously that is a lie, start worshipping, God can in that situation where you, cannot, where you say to yourself, I can't cope, I can't do this, I'm not enough. All those negative thoughts, which are obviously coming from the devil, you can take those, send them back to the pit of hell. Remember, Jesus has conquered all, he is enough, and I choose to worship. In those situations where you, you say and you believe and you can think, I can't do it, remember, worship or doubt. Say it to yourself, worship or doubt. Say it now loud, worship or doubt. The reason I'm making you reinforce it is because when you're in that situation, you'll bounce back to here and think, worship or doubt? And Jesus came and said to them, all authority has been given on heaven and earth. Go, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them, and observe all that I've commanded. Right here in the Bible, all the things he's commanded. Look and see. Jesus says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This word behold, we've done a series of teaching before, and it comes up a lot through through the Gospels, especially John and especially in Revelation. This behold is to look and see and have a new perspective. So have a new perspective. As you worship, um, He is with us always to the end of the age. All are welcome," Jesus says. Jesus is offering himself. It's this all- all ways. It's a repetition, and it's on purpose, OK? We never need to fear. We are not alone. We're not separated. What does it say? Is it Colossians? Because nothing can separate us from his love. No angels, no demons, no principalities. Nothing, nothing can separate us. So we are with him always. So the main things I'm pulling out of the Matthew 28 commission are worship God. Worship or doubt, worship. Go and disciple people. Teach them what Jesus has taught you. And God is with you always. This whole thing is changing my life. Day to day as I'm reading it, um, I was preparing this. Even before I was preparing to speak, I just prepare and I love studying the word. And I was thinking on this. And I'm so glad I did because I've got something to tell you. And I've got something to tell you more about Jesus. So... We're worshipping God, we then go and disciple people. That's the part where we have life groups in our church as well. That's the part where you can talk with your friend, you can text us, you can say, can you pray for this? What is it that you want from God? How can you be discipled from God and from others? Um, God is with us always. Never fear, church, will you? Mark 16, thank you, Phil.
0: Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved.
1: In Mark 16, thanks Gunther. That was a great, uh, great audio he did for us. Afterwards, Um, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were reclining. I know I've said this to you before, but that was that lovely place of reclining where you're on your side, letting your food digest. I don't do it. We just sit. I know it's an actual thing in Jesus's time. I know. Imagine that. They had special, special places to recline. Um, And Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. How did Jesus know they were not believing? How did Jesus know they had hardness of heart? I know he was spirit, and he um, supernaturally could see that. But what does our unbelief and our hardness of heart look like? I started asking this. I'm like, God, where have I hardened my heart? Where have I started to be unbelieving? and then just on Thursday night, I remember, and this is a ministry uh, example, I brought the children here um, to worship, because we were on holidays, and I thought, children, you can come out for half an hour, no, I said, it's bedtime, or we can go and see Daddy, and we can, like, have worship, and, and praise Jesus, and they're like, okay, yeah, let's go worship, I'm like, okay, that's fine, I wanted to worship, so this is cool that it's your decision, family, so we stood over here, and it was just a beautiful way where um, the, the younger two were enjoying jumping and Ben was tapping along to the beats. He's our upcoming drummer. And Beth stood there with her hands closed and tears started to fall. She, remember, she's only nine. And she just started to like be touched by the spirit. And she said, I just felt the breeze, Mom. I said, oh, that's amazing. And I was like, but it could have been the air con. I was like, I hate that part that I just thought that. Isn't that bad? And she said, someone here is going to get healed of a headache. And in my head, I was like, I love it, Beth. I said, let's just pray for dad. Because sometimes when he's under the lights for like a long time leading worship, he sometimes gets a headache. She's like, it's not for him. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. So I text Ryan later and I said, someone here tonight is going to get healed of a headache. And he brought the word through. But how did I just so quickly become so so hardened in my heart and I know that's a fun example we did talk it through and I said when she was telling me and Ben was like what was the breeze then like (laughs) was it someone wafting you like this like they have so much fun teasing each other she's like it was the Holy Spirit wind because he's like a wind I'm like yes he is and I was just so so taken aback by the gentleness of spirit that she had as she was worshipping our king and as she did that She made a choice, didn't she? Worship or doubt? Well, there you go, right? Point on. (laughs) That was our worship moment. And I just want to be one who hasn't hardened my heart. Even the doubts or the the things where I think, oh, it's just uh, adult thinking. So what about adult thinking? I want spiritual, childlike thinking. Doesn't he tell us to be like that so that we can enter the kingdom? And then it goes on. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole creation. Um, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will cast out demons so I'm going to add on to this demons, the thing also, the things which cloud our thinking the curses, demonic strongholds in our lives and the lives of others we can do that, that's your mission do you choose to accept it? thanks Ison they will speak in new tongues, not limited to the gift of tongues. You know, I've so often limited that to, um, to the gift of tongues, of speaking in to- tongues or interpreting tongues in Acts where they're speaking. But in Acts, they're speaking in specific languages to others. And they're heard, fluently speaking another language, not just the gift of tongues, which we say in our family. God understands and our spirit speaks to him. But this is other people can understand what was coming out of their mouths despite them not. So I was thinking, what about the new tongues to the Polish, this is my life, to the Polish mom at school or the Somalian mom or the Eritrean mom? What about the language that um, the regeneration officer needs to hear for the Wolverhampton Street, Simon? What about the 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 tongue the new language that people in your workplace people in your family that your children need to hear they will be new tongues though a supernatural power takes over so supernatural understanding takes place it's part of our commission we're entitled because we're heirs of the throne because we are uh receiving a glorious inheritance we too can have this access to that one who may be in your classroom you can't get a breakthrough in what is the language that they need to hear and obviously now i'm not saying it's a a spoken language but it's that part which unlocks hearts and i believe that is given to us as his disciples goes on they will pick up serpents with their hands like paul did in acts when they were not harmed but also what here is the snake representing? What serpent in your life is is trying to damage you, trying to curtail you, trying to block the promises of God? Pick it up. It will not harm you. Deal with it. Sort it out. Whatever that root is, whatever that snake that's trying to to rise and trying to raise his ugly head, you can stamp on it. You can crush it. There is faith and hope to do that because you've been commissioned to do it. It doesn't have to to wriggle around. Oh, not ever been near a snake but like if I saw one in like a little adder or something I'd be like Mm-mm, we're dealing with you you're not coming near our children we'd we'd want to deal with it get to the root so in those kind of things when you see something ugly raising its head some kind of attitude within you Mm-mm, we're not having you we're dealing with you okay take it as a snake as a literal snake take it as uh, something in your life that God wants to deal with and they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them. So it's anything that's coming near you. It's the protection from our God that you'll not fear. Remember Psalm 91? For years and years and years, our fam- my family has traveled and gone to different places, and Ryan too is now going away, and we've always prayed. Psalm 91, as a family, before my parents would fly away, or wherever, uh, or just just praying that the terror would not come near and even more, isn't it so, as we hear more reports of terror day, day in, day out on the news. Um, it's been twice now when, when mum and dad have been away and there's been terror incidents. One was in Germany and one was in France just the other day. And they text, nothing. we're not near. And I think, I do believe that we're safe because we, we are believers in Jesus. But also I do believe there's a, there's a not being afraid part. So don't be afraid. That it will not come near you. And just that not being afraid is resting upon us as his disciples. Then they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We've got two parts here. We've got laying hands upon the sick to be healed. Don't you love that? I don't remember. I think it was years since I've last seen someone healed. And I looked at my hands... Since I've prayed for someone to be healed, I've seen incredible miracles. I love receiving healing testimony miracles of what God's doing, of people who write in and have been at our meetings, who've... Uh, had cancer of different levels who've had blood conditions who write in and say god healed me that is like one of the most joyous parts of my job because i know that this is what god is doing and he's alive and active in the in the world today but i looked at my hands and i know i think it was probably 3 years ago and i prayed for someone here and they i i released healing The very best prayers I could, I I preached, and then I prayed for everyone. I got here, and in my body, I felt tired, and I prayed for them, and I gave my best prayers. What is it? Pete Gregg uh, says, pray where your best prayers will take you, and that's what I did. I gave it my best prayer, and he went, it's better now. I was startled, because I thought, it's how does God do that? But you know, I want to come back to that place where my laying on of the hands heals people. Do you, church, do you want to come to that place? I know some of you have got healing ministries here. Do you want to hold out your hands? I feel that's a now word. Lord, we're holding our hands out, and we're asking that these hands would... <laughs> as we lay hands on the sick, they would be healed. Jesus, would you give us opportunities this week? And where we are faced with that question... Can we pray or are we doubting? We would choose to pray without ceasing. So I'm asking, Lord Jesus, for your healing anointing to come upon the body in a fresh way this week and for much longer than that. In Jesus' name, amen. And the last part of that was they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, which is to return to a state of normal health, of normal mind, Of strength to recover is also to have something that was stolen returned to you. Things that have been stolen, things that have been taken, things where you need it to be recovered. He can do that. And this is our mission. So, what I've taken as the last three things from those was go and talk about Jesus to everyone everywhere. Signs will follow you. Expect them, okay? And you'll not be harmed. People will get well because of your prayers. You'll change situations in the name and the power of Jesus. We'll go, let's go on to Luke.
0: Okay, so Luke twenty four twenty eight. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high.
1: Thanks, Aaron. So we know this story. We know the resurrection story. We know it off by heart. However, these disciples knew of the promise of the third day resurrection, but they had not seen it with their eyes yet, okay? So we know the miraculous, redefining, history-shaping moment, that resurrection life. Firsthand, they were experiencing it. Imagine, firsthand, the resurrection. Jesus brutally crucified, And they saw it. They saw the stone at the tomb. They saw the security guard placed to watch that the tomb would not be opened. They saw with their own eyes Jesus taking his final breath. They knew that however much they wanted to stop this, the king had to complete his assignment for all of us, for all of mankind, for all of eternity. And in the midst of their utter grief, there they are in their place of despair, He's risen. He is risen. So, in their hope and their faith and their joy, matched with grief, their misunderstanding can it really be true? Three days later, the third day, he will rise. All the prophecies from the Old Testament. Here he is. Jesus is in their midst. So Jesus says, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? See my hands, see my feet. It is me. Touch me, feel me, see. And the disciples are told to be disbelieved for joy. Do you know what that's like? Disbelieved but yet joy? It's that contrast, isn't it? And they were marveling. And they and then Jesus says, have you anything here to eat? And they find out some fish for him. You know why it's important that Jesus ate Because he was not just spirit at that point, he was man. And it's important it was Luke, Dr. Luke, who likes to give all the information. So you know that his digestive system was still working. Perfect resurrection. I love these small details that you can find. So Jesus was dead, now raised to life. And Dr. Luke gives us the information um, and the dietary requirements. Touch me, see, behold, look and perceive, remember? Jesus dead, now eating, and then Jesus says, these are the words, everything must be fulfilled. Jesus began to open their mind to understanding, and then he says... It's written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, for you're my witnesses. Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father. Stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. This promise, do you watch American TV, shows with the law sometimes? You know when the, when someone comes, it's usually a guy with a backpack, like a, a cool kid-looking guy. You've been served. Have you seen that kind of thing? You are summoned. In America, that would mean you were called. This is your, your certificate. You're called to the law court. You've got to go and testify. We don't have that same kind of thing here, I don't think. However, we've been served. We've been given a promise. You like your promise? The promise from on high. The promise of God promise of our eternal salvation, our eternal hope. This promise literally announces what is fitting to proclaim life in fellowship with Christ. It's a, an officially sanctioned promise stamped by God, if you will. This promise is of power and of influence. And on this being clothed on high, that from on high, the being clothed let me just tell you, getting dressed in our family in the mornings is fun. The big two dress themselves, and Lissy will choose 20 different outfits. I don't know how she can find 20. She goes through the bags of clothes that have, she's outgrown. But even this morning, she was. I think Willow had given her back a little dress, and she was like, it still fits. I'm like, Willow's less than 18 months. You're four, nearly five. It doesn't fit. So she, she dressed herself, so you can see her dressing herself. And then I clothed her. Do you see the difference there? So I dressed her, um, and it's this clothing here. Being clothed with power from on high is, uh, in the Greek, it's translated to the act of sinking into a garment. You are clothed. Have you heard of mantles? It's like a. A cloak. I can imagine it as a cloak going around you. You are clothed with power from on high. You are clothed currently in fas- very fashionable attire. You're all looking splendid. You are clothed. But you dressed yourself with that, didn't you? There is a, a clothing from on high. Can you imagine yourself enveloped in his cloak, enveloped in, in what Jesus has for you, in your identity found in God? So the part of this which I, it, I pull out for you this morning is, look, I'm sending the promise of my Father. Wait, you'll be clothed with power from heaven. And the final one, I just want to pull out a few things from John before I get us to pray. John 20, 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me even so, I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Amen. Thanks, Tina. So finally, we've, we've talked through three of the Gospels, and now I come to John, and John refers to himself as Jesus' beloved He has that confidence and and inner security in who he is as a friend of God. And we're allowed that too. There's no no reason why Jesus needs to be beloved and us not. We are the beloved. Um, The reason Jesus is saying, peace be with you, is because they were in a locked room. Uh, It was spoken about last Sunday, how here is our church. We have such freedom. We don't need to lock the doors. Anyone can come. We have free access to, to meet with God. And here it says... Peace be with you, because they were in that locked room. And the last time they'd seen Jesus, he was in a, so to speak, locked tomb. Jesus had supernaturally come into that upper room. Then it goes on to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit. And the breath of the Spirit comes upon them, and they receive fresh revelation they receive the gift of forgiveness to forgive themselves and to forgive others and i just want to spend a couple of moments talking about forgiveness forgiveness unlocks you from another person where you've held unforgiveness in your heart unforgiveness is like locking yourself imagine a chain you could lock yourself to the other person it would have to be a pretty long chain because some people are not in our lives anymore where we hold on to unforgiveness do you understand? So. Saying, I forgive you, having Jesus come into your life and say, You're forgiven from everything you've done to yourself or what you've done to other people, unlocks in the supernatural realm a key, so to speak, so that you can be free. The chains can fall off. And what is it God does? He sets us free so that we can be free indeed, not holding on to people, not letting other people's stuff control us, but being totally free. So words alone, uh, saying I forgive you is step one. And then step two would be with the Holy Spirit. So you see how the Holy Spirit breathed, Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit first. And second of all, they then could forgive and receive forgiveness. So Jesus says, peace be with you. As I've been sent, now I'm sending you. And he breathes into you today. Today he breathes into you. Receive the Holy Spirit and forgive others of their sin and you'll be forgiven. I know I've taken some time to to go through these scriptures and I've pulled out the great commission. But as I end and worship team can come and and minister to us in that way, I I feel like there is a fresh mission to be accomplished. There's a transition time that's been taking place. And I know, I know the things that I can go through can be a representation of things in the church. I know that things others go through are representation because we're all in this, in this together. God's hand is upon us as a church. So what your transition time looks like, I believe, is becoming the great commission for your life. Why don't you stand this morning? I'm going to um, pray some words over over us. The words, that you remember how I've gone through them and then I've given the bullet points at the end? These are the ones I want you to take away with and, and to see your Monday change, to see your day-to-day life on a mission as you receive the breath of the Holy Spirit. So church... This is what your mission is, to worship God, to disciple people, to teach them what Jesus has taught you, and to know that God is with you always. It's to go and to talk about Jesus to everyone, everywhere, and believe it, signs will follow you. You'll not be harmed. People will get well. You will change situations in the name and power of Jesus further Jesus has sent the promise of the father you'll be dressed you will be clothed with power from heaven and peace be with you as I've been sent now I'm sending you God breathes into you today and you can receive the Holy Spirit and forgive others sins and you'll be forgiven I believe it's like a a fresh awakening as I've been awoken to to this mission. I believe there's a a fresh sense of what the Holy Spirit is about to do and about to to begin to move in your life in a greater and greater way. I want to pray for you. Why don't you hold your hands out? And there's going to be a time of personal ministry too. But I just want to impart those things where if you've been challenged in one part the Holy Spirit has said you can do it believe it's him this morning Lord we're asking that you would pour out your spirit afresh in our church we're asking that hearts would know that they are clothed with power from on high Holy Spirit would you breathe afresh with the the fresh revelations the new language the, the being at peace with themselves and then experiencing true forgiveness lord i'm asking that hearts would be transformed by your love and your power in the
0: precious name of jesus we ask